1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal. Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Hello and welcome to episode 227 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. Yes, the Wall 77 Club on Facebook, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. Please rate us five stars on Spotify and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you can. Uh, Jack Williams is here. Good evening. And Harry, we'll start off uh, with the trip to Old Trafford. Tuna loss, um, probably... Nothing out of the ordinary there. Um, we, we don't go there very often and win. Obviously, the last time we did that, we did come away with three points. Um, but that wasn't to be this time around. Nope. And uh, I didn't have too many complaints with the team. Obviously, the big news was Bentley in for Saar, which I've been calling for for weeks now. And he kept the rest of the team the same as the team that beat Villa. So I had no complaints. But in saying that, they did not turn up. It felt like all our squad was on the beach. And... Um, yeah, very underwhelming. It was a team that are mathematically safe. It was a team that know they've got nothing else to play for. And we don't, I don't think we had a shot on target, did we? Thinking back. No. And it was very, very poor all round, apart from our goalkeeper. 
I was going to say, I mean, Jack, Harry mentioned him there, Dan Bentley making his Premier League debut at 29 years old, and he probably stops it from being a similar situation to what we saw at Brighton. Yeah, um, I'll be honest, I'm a bit like the Wolves team on this one because I sat this game out myself, really. If we'd have still been in a relegation scrap, I'd have definitely gone up to Manchester to watch it, but I just I just couldn't be blessed, really. I didn't even end up watching it live. And the only thing I've really seen is the highlights. And the highlights, from our point of view, is just three or four very good saves from Bentley. And reading the comments afterwards, that was the only real shining light, or maybe there's a few, few credits to Dawson as well. Apart from that, it just seemed very, very flat from, from what I saw, really. But I'll have to rely on you guys for the for the context and more than that. But uh, he seems to come in and do a good job. And do you think he'll keep his place now to the end of the season? Most probably so. But, you know, yeah. it, it's a nothing game, really. I checked out of it. I think as soon as I've hit the 40 points mark, I just want to get this season a little bit over and done with, really, to be honest with you. So, um, so yeah, it's one of those things, but I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. See you next week, guys. <laughs> At least I've turned up. Bailey's going to be asked to turn up. So, <laughs> I mean, Harry, where'd you go from here? Because, I mean, it, it was an impressive debut. You know, he wasn't put off by the occasion. It's obviously a huge thing for him to be making his debut in the Premier League, considering his age. I know keepers go on a little bit longer, but normally you'll, you'll have a few more top flight games under your belt, um, especially if you're that level. But I, I thought he, he had a, a, a brilliant game and... and probably just what we need and, and probably what Saar needs as well. Yeah, definitely. Look, it's only one game, so I don't want to get too carried away. But I've, I said on my video, after, as, as debuts go, obviously it would have been better if he'd have kept a clean sheet and we'd have won. But apart from that, he was brilliant. It went perfect for him. He pulled off three outstanding saves that were down low. And he had to get, get down quick. His distribution of his feet, I thought, was really good. And with his like his, his long throws out, which created a few like chances at counter-attacks. Mm-hmm. It was just yeah. nice to have a goalkeeper in goal that... Like you didn't feel you didn't start shitting your pants when we were passing it around the back and give it to him because he was very comfortable yeah. with his feet and yeah it's really interesting to see what will happen if it was me I would play him for the next two games definitely I think after that performance he deserved it because he got his chance and he took it with both hands uh, don't mind the pun there but yeah brilliant <laughs> brilliant from him um it just to mention a few. Just defensively, I mean, I think Jack mentioned Dawson, but Kilman really struggled. I thought he was at fault for the first goal, getting caught out of position. And but like I say, apart from Bentley, you can't really sing anyone else's praises on our team. They just went through the motions, really. Was, we was were, Bentley well, any good? Sorry, was he any good when the ball was rolled back to him? Because I know that's one of our friends Seth yeah. hates with Saar that when he uh, yeah. has the ball rolled back to him, he just uh, scuffs it. It was quite a lot. right at the beginning. His first thing he did with his feet is he tried to like ping one out to Totty left back, and he he, he overhit it and he went out for a throw. And I was thinking, oh no, here we go. Like we've got yeah. someone worse than Saar with their feet. <laughs> but after that, everything was fine. Like he was comfortable. His long balls were good with his feet. As I say, he's throwing. He was. You didn't feel worried. What I, what I will say is though their strikers didn't really like hunt him down like really go for him type thing which Sars had to deal with sometimes like I say it's one game so don't want to get too carried away but from that performance alone like I say it looks good it looks really good I think Jack was making the point there though that maybe in a, in a similar vein to the sign of Craig Dawson is that you've actually got someone coming in and doing the job that you'd expect them to do so I mean even with Patricio and Saar, distribution, you'd probably say, in terms of kicking, and I know you made mm. the point, Harry, just really really hasn't been there since we've returned mm. to the Premier League, yeah. certainly. So I, I suppose when you see someone doing it properly, you think, oh my God, we, we've got to play it here. But I'm <laughs> guessing it's probably just the case of that's how it should be. 
Yeah, but Sars strengths of his shot stopping and Bentley was also doing that. As I mentioned, the free yeah. the free saves he pulled off. Yeah. Like I I think he was absolutely brilliant. I think we'll have to see how the next two games go before we get carried away. But is are you potentially thinking that he might either A keep Sar out of his place or B Sar mm-hmm. might move on and then we've got a basically a, a shrewd sort of replacement, kind of like a Dawson like signing, which hasn't broke the bank, but can still you know, do just as good well, a job, if not better. Yeah, they haven't signed it for no reason, have they? They've obviously took a long look at him and they know what he can do. And it's known that Lopetegui likes keepers that are comfortable with their feet and Saar just isn't, is he? So, But it's weird with Saar because he's, against Palace at home and against Villa at home, he was outstanding. Like He pulled off some amazing saves, didn't he? Mm. So he's away performances. So maybe Lopetegui mm. was thinking, look, away at Brighton, he was horrendous. Give away a penalty away at Leicester. We're going to Old Trafford. He's had a bit of a nightmare away from home now. Let's play Bentley. But I hope he fights for his place. I hope Saar can show a bit of, you know, fight to get his place back. I suppose it is and it isn't weird timing because, like you say, he made cracking save uh, from John McGinn in the Villa mm-hmm. game and, and that sort of secured survival and then to get dropped. But I suppose, you know, he is a former keeper, uh, Lopetegui. So... I guess he'll he'll know the the ins and outs of, of how it might work and, and when you maybe need a break from it and sort of I guess he's got an arm around Sarjak saying you know we're safe now it's job done I want to look at the other guy I hope you don't mind. Well, yeah, but as as an ex keeper, he should have high standards. It's his go to yeah, position. So, true. like you say, he should should be the position that he probably demands the most out of uh, from his players. It's nice that we've got two options that we're talking about that potentially can do a job. But obviously, we need to probably have a bit of a longer look at Bentley. But when you play that many games, albeit in the championship, you obviously it's you obviously know know what you're doing between the sticks, don't you? So, we'll see how it goes. But I mean, the bigger picture sort of thing, losing two 0 and just sort of rolling over again and getting our belly tickled, not quite as bad as Brighton. It's just this this away form I'm just not comfortable with it and it seems to be more of a problem really because when we've only had two away wins all season it just seems like it's far too easy all the time and then the annoying thing is as soon as we're back at Molyneux we're a different side altogether I don't know what it is and I don't want to turn into one of these teams that is just really good at home and their away form is terrible because under the Nuno era it didn't matter where we were playing home or away it would be the same thing and we grind out results away from home uh, whether it be against the you know the biggest teams in the league so that's something we just need to be careful of and hopefully something to work on. But, I mean, our last game away from home is Arsenal away and I know that they've bottled the league so anything can happen. But I can't see us getting much from that either, really, the way it's going when we're... For the last two away games, we're scored two and letting eight. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> scored nil, sorry, letting eight. <laughs> two would be great. Uh, <laughs> imagine <laughs> at the dizzy heights of two. Uh, Harry, probably a player that we didn't really expect to probably pull on a Wolves shirt again was Raul Jimenez. Uh, made a little bit of a cameo at the end. Yeah, and he, he got a really good reception from the away end as well. Obviously, I watched it on a stream. And yeah, they were blasting out the song and as subs on the day. Although, I think to be honest, we've absolutely, well, I have, I've absolutely slagged Pedence off a lot. And out of the mm-hmm. four that come on, he come on, obviously, Huang, Adama, and Raul. Those three. As it, you know, Adama, Huang, and Raul were awful for me. Like, they were so bad. <laughs> Pedence. Pedence was, like, frustrating because he was trying these fancy little flicks, but he was most effective. He, he was, the, like, the one who made the most positive, you know, things happen in the final third. But, yeah, on Raul, I, I was thinking to myself, come on, have the fairy tale ending, banging an equaliser, like, 89th minute or something, but he didn't have a sniff. But it was nice I to see him, I, I guess. <laughs> Do you think it's last chance saloon for Pedence, Jack? No, not really. I know I know it's weird the way it is with Lopetegui with um, players sort of going, being the main man one week and then two weeks later you can't even get in the squad. But 
without Pudence's goals this season, we keep saying it, we'd be we wouldn't be safe yet, I don't think. So that that's I know there's no room for sentiment, but you've got to give him that credit. And there there definitely is talent there. And I, I think there's more talent there in prop uh, you know, and some of the other players are on the fringes, really. I think going back to what Harry said about the fairy tale ending, if there is going to be a fairy tale ending with Raul, it will come at the Emirates last game. He'll, yes. he'll score because that's the, obviously the yeah, scene of his horrific injury. And it'll probably just, you know, bounce off his head and go in somehow. And, that, and that'll be it. But uh, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to have some sort of, yes, yeah, some sort of ending like that. But I can't really see it at the moment, to be honest with you, with the way it's going. Uh, but it's we'll funny with, with Pedence because I think the, the the post on the Facebook page, Harry, like it, it seems to have completely split fans 50-50. So you've got someone like Craig saying, constantly falling over, looking for the foul and showboating flicks, back heels. Our wingers won't be good enough this season. Hopefully Neto and Chiquinho step up next season. Then you've got people like David saying he remains our biggest goal threat. Uh, how can he be ignored? So, you know, he is splitting opinion. I mean, Jack makes the point of, you know, take out his goals and we wouldn't be safe. But to be honest, we're so low scoring. If you take out Nunes' goal against Chelsea, mm. we'd probably be struggling as well. So, you know, when mm. you're a low scoring team and you take a couple of goals out, chances are it's going to impact you in a negative way. Yeah, he's literally Marmite, isn't he? Let's be honest. He is a Marmite player. Like you said, can score a goal, composed in front of goal, can sometimes make things happen. But a lot of the time, he's really, really frustrating. And he's a player you want on your team when you're on the front foot constantly attacking, not when like you're hitting teams on the counter or you're under a bit of pressure because he won't hardly track back. If you hit teams on the counter, get the ball, try and marry it on a twist and a bloody 360 head spin and then lose it. So he's just good to have when you're trying to break teams down, I guess, like in the whole doing his little quick turns, low centre of gravity. And as we know, when he gets in front of goal, he's got the composure to finish. Away at Everton, huge goal, great finish. Yeah. Away at Forest, that equaliser, another mad, like, really good big goal. West Ham at home, the 1-0, that finish. So, uh, yeah, he's, he has scored important goals and he has got a call. Cool, you know, he's cool in front of goal as well. He's, his composure is really good. Do you think the players also might be a little, you say they're on the beach, but also a little unsettled because we've seen a lot of articles flying around already about who's going to be here next season or, or, or who will be moving on and also talk about the wage bill and these sorts of things flying about, which probably will unsettle the players. And players who are out of contract, as we know, particularly um, or out of contract very soon, um, you mentioned him just with uh, Adama, but, but Adama hasn't looked interested for a, a no. few games now, I don't think. So I think mentally he's one of the players who he thinks he's moving on. Probably no one will want him again. That will happen and he'll come back. But um, there's probably a few in that sort of same position, really. And mm. it's, It seems like, I know it's kind of the start of a new era, near era under Lopetegui, but there's quite a few that people are touting that could move on, really. And, and the yeah. one thing I've liked about recent months is that we've had quite a big squad. And I don't want us to go back to the bare bones again, and we can't just be shipping everyone out all of a sudden. So I think we need to be a little bit cautious there and not just write people off immediately. Mm. Now, at Adama, bloody hell, like when you come on against Villa, he didn't look interested. Obviously, come on against Man United again. It was crying out for him as well to come on. It always is, isn't it? When we're, when we're sitting back, you always think, get Adama on. But if he ain't interested, he ain't interested. He ain't running for nothing. He ain't busting his gut to get in any positions that are good. And that's the mindset he's in at the moment because he knows he's leaving, which is a shame. It's a shame. It is, yeah. Yeah. I've been off the same mentality now for years that any game pretty much where it's not going our way or we're not creating, I'll get Adama on, get Adama on. And is that because Adama's great or because we haven't got anything else? Is that just because he's the only option? That's the thing I'm starting to think about now. 
But it's because I, you know if he stretches his legs and we're we a team on the break, he's, he's the most effective, isn't he? But then he hits it into the stand. When's that last so. happen now? When's well, that last happen? Well, exactly. Everyone I mean, just thinks I, of Man City. Man right? City, why? Yeah. 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 Well, he, it's it's just it's it, he's he's so frustrating, but I, I, he's so unique in a way that you can be, um, well, you can have that much of a non-impact on games on a regular basis, but you're still on the edge of your seat yeah, thinking yeah. this is going to be the moment. No, this is going to be the moment. It's going to happen now. And mm. the moment never comes, but you know, we're still sitting there going, it's crying out for him. It's crying out for him. And realistically, there's absolutely nothing to back there up, that up. Is there? <laughs> he must have had so, he must have had so many coaches over the years. Who yeah. He just, just, do they do his bra- their brains in because they're thinking yeah. like what what is going on here because this player could be one of the best in the world and something just doesn't quite click every now and then yeah. and it's 50 50 in it so he, he strikes me of a player as well who wants to be loved he wants like a manager to put their arm around him say oh you're brilliant whereas i don't think Lopetegui is that kind of i said the other week that nine that one game when he's going absolutely mental at him for not yeah, like did, yeah. showing it showing himself for sar so i don't oh. think he'd like that either something's just come to me also did any of you see that video which was i don't know oh, yeah. tiktok or instagram where he He's just absolutely smacking Cunha for some reason. I'm guessing <laughs> yeah, he's been winding him up. Right? But it's a bit of a it's yeah. a bit unprofessional, a bit schoolboy, isn't it? Really, particularly it's you know you can't really be quite, doing yeah. that. I know, I know they're messing about, but it looked like it bloody hurt. Yeah, they look like proper. They look like proper punches. They did. Like, yeah, they're not the average man. I think yeah. couldn't normally hit a barn door. He got all those shots on target. Cunha oh, must no. be thinking, oh, <laughs> what are the chances? Well, I thought he was going to start throwing the punches, and I thought he was going to swing it at the clock above him. Like he was the <laughs> Right. Well, I know we were saying that, you know, the players may be on the beach or a little bit unsettled, but I mean, Wolves still have a part to play um, in who gets relegated from the Premier League. Not so much of a say of who wins it. Um, as Jack mentioned earlier, uh, I think Arsenal have probably bottled that, although exceeded expectations, let's be fair. Um, Harry, next up, Everton at home. Home form has been absolutely brilliant this season. Is it 10 or 11 clean sheets? Um this is a huge game for Everton. They realistically need to win it. I think they are just outside the relegation mm-hmm. zone at the moment by a single point. Um, but anything can happen. It's very, very tight at the bottom. Um, how do you think this one will play out? Because this this could be the last home game. I know we mentioned it before to, to see some of the players that maybe won't be here next season. Yeah, that, I think it's going to be a good game because obviously the aspect of Everton their away end is going to be rocking because they know they need the three points, so they're going to be loud in voice. The Everton, obviously, coming off the back of that 5-1 away at Brighton, they're going to be very confident they can get something. And then you've got us, last game of the season, you want to impress the home fans. You want, like you say, say goodbye to a few players that are going to be going. So hopefully, because of that, that we actually are up for it and put in a better performance we did at United. Because if we don't, we could get turned over quite heavily, I think, if we don't try. You know what I mean? So I think it's going to be a really good atmosphere because obviously Wolves fans, well, me personally, I'm not that keen on Everton, especially with the Cody thing and that. Mm -hmm. So it'd be really nice to like beat them and be a reason why they go down. So I think it might be a bit of a spicy one. Yeah, I don't don't really care that much about Everton, to be honest. The one thing I probably disagree with slightly with Harry is the fact that their away end will be rocking because they will be bricking it. It will only take one goal suddenly and their entire mood will change. Having been in that situation many times when battling against relegation towards the end of the season and it's a game that you think is a winnable game and suddenly for the first 10-15 minutes you're seeing your boys not turn up. It can it can get it can get very heated very quickly. I mean their last two games are against us and Bournemouth. So they'll be looking at that thinking, you know, if they can't get enough points 
already being outside the relegation zone to stay up against two teams who are basically safe with nothing to play for and are only a few points above them really have, have been in the mix for, releg- for relegation themselves this season it will be it will be their own fault really but you know it doesn't work like that really it's going to be a scrap until till the end isn't it so um we'll see i i really just don't know who's going to turn up or not because if, if the if our players are at least say mentally on the beach we could go another another two games without a point and just sort of go the season out on the whimper really but it doesn't matter too much but at the same time our home form has been good and I think people would just like to put it into Everton as you say just because it's funny they've never been relegated from the Premier League no, they've, they? ne- they've never known them so, enough, so, yeah. so there's you know there's there's that there and obviously as as Harry mentioned there's that bit of spice from the the Cody situation um so yeah I just don't know really these games towards the end of the season these games like this are, are like a bookmaker's nightmare because how do you price this game up really. Wolves have got really good home form, although haven't had a great season. Mm. Everton need to stay up and have had a crap season. Wolves are at home. How, how would you price it up? It's impossible. It's, it's a real no, nightmare. So um, who knows? Uh, Harry, would you make any changes? Uh, wow, that's a good question, actually, because I don't know what he'll do. I think, I'm, obviously, I hope he does start Bentley again. I think he deserves it. But then it's, do you know what? I'd love to see him start Collins. I would I'd slot Collins in for Kilman just because I think he deserves a start, to be honest. He's been on the sidelines for a while. He ain't complained, has he? He's just no. got on with it. But apart from that, maybe, would you want to see Gomez in there? I don't know. But I think we will see changes. I don't think he'll uh, start the same team because Costa and Cunha, I love them together. They didn't do much against United, but I, I must say they didn't get much supply either. So, But they've been really good together in the last few home games. So it'd be really interesting to see what he does, actually. I'm not sure what he'll do. So, uh, Jack, any for you? Um, I was just going to say, let's, let's do it with, with two games left. Feasibly, there's what? I mean, Forrest's got 34 points now themselves, so that could be enough as it stands. But Leicester leads Everton. Everton, as we said, have got us and Bournemouth. Leeds have got um, West Ham and Tottenham. Leicester have got um, Newcastle and West Ham. West Ham are going to have a say in this, whatever happens. And Forest, just in case, and they've got, got, they got Liverpool last game. Arsenal and Palace. Oof. Who's going down? I think Leeds are gone. I, 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 I think as it is, I, I think Leeds and Leicester. I think I think Leeds yeah, and Leicester yeah, have got yeah. the point to prove, haven't they? Really, because they're in the relegation zone now. Forest have got that gap of a couple of extra points compared to the others, and Everton. On paper, both their games are winnable. Let's be honest. So, um, yeah, I think Leeds and Leicester are the ones with with the point to prove. And Leeds going down is funny. Oh God, my computer's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> went to sleep. Then. <laughs> Not that boring. Um, <laughs> score prediction, Harry. Um, I'm going to just get this comment from Coatic Rager. I completely agree. So I'm going to say two-one Everton. So it's uh, love us to beat Everton, but Wolves being Wolves, I can see Everton being the better team. Anything can happen at home, though. I think, uh, yeah, like Jack says, the home form. Um, Jack, score prediction? I was going to say 2-1 Everton as well. So pile on, listeners. That's two of us with the same <laughs> same idea. Uh, let's get your latest betting odds, and if there is any, some ticket news. Do you want me to start, Jack? Yeah, you, you take it away. So you, you mentioned just about the odds and how the book is seeing it. So a Wolves to win is seventeen to ten, and Everton win. Everton win is eight to five. So that's yeah. Is that Everton favourites? Genuinely, don't know how to price it. That's a, yeah. 
and a 23 to 10 for the draw. So that's close, is it, Jack? I think that is that. I didn't hear the first price, mate. What was 17 to 10? We are eight to five Everton. Oh, yeah, very close. Yeah, very close. close. They're not sure. Some boosts, um, basically, Dwight McNeil one shot on target. They've boosted that to evens. Samada to commit two fouls, six to four. Decore and Dwight McNeil both to score sixteen to one. So it's all like mainly Everton things that like they're back in because obviously they think we're on the beach. Two um, one Everton, which we both predicted, is seventeen to two. But so is two one Wolves. That's also seventeen to two. Four <laughs> one Wolves, sixty six to one. Four one Everton, sixty six to one. So it, like you say, the book is don't know what's going to happen here, and it's very no. very tight and even. That's what she said. This is the sort of game where you think there could be quite a few goals, really, because everything have got to go for it. We're a bit, you know, on the beach and letting a lot lately. So it could be a thriller. It could be nil-nil. No idea. Um, ticket news. So there isn't any really. Uh, one observation that I've made, which is, is kind of interesting, is, you know, that I said for the Arsenal tickets a few weeks ago that there was this claim that... Um, they were going to put names on tickets and ID people as they're entering the turnstiles. Yeah. All of this probably come about because when they put this together, there was a chance that Arsenal fans uh, would be trying to get into the away end and Wolves, Wolves fans selling their tickets for stupid money, which let's be honest, we'll all have considered if it was a nothing game for us and somebody put 10 grand cash on the table. Like You'd, you'd think about it, wouldn't you? So mm-hmm. the funny thing about this is the tickets have started being sent out and they've just got names written in pen on them it's, it's nothing it's nothing sophisticated at all it's just got a like a, a biro so firstly i'm I thinking that this me. this isn't actually going to happen particularly now particularly that are because arsenal aren't going to be in a title contention race by now but the one thing that i've noticed which is interesting is there's still tickets left for it still it, it, tickets in the away end now usually i think these tickets would have been gone by the very start of this week but they go on sale tomorrow to um season ticket holders with 1080 points so that's basically just oh, wow. eight eight away or cup games you've been to all season. You've got a chance at a ticket for Arsenal away, which if they hadn't put this rule in, would we would never have got that close at all. So I think that goes to show that there's a lot of people con- constantly who are moving on tickets um, and what the club choose to do about that. Now they've probably learned this information, which they kind of already knew, would be interesting to see. And I hope it's not the start, as I said previously, of them doing this sort of thing to scare people for every away game in the future. Although I don't think they will. I think this is just because it was potentially going to be a special occasion. Unpopular opinion, I like it. Well, yeah, well, quite. I mean... As someone who never goes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because you can't get a ticket. Um, Exactly. (laughs) The Which route do you think it will go down though, Harry? Because it could be that people genuinely want the points because they'll have, a, I guess, an eye on you know the bigger away days, but also maybe potentially head-in-the-sky Europa League games or, or games in Europe. Um, do you think they'll just not go or do you think they'll send them back? I mean, do you think they'll... they'll... I, I think nothing will change. I think they threaten this every so often. It never it never gets enforced because if they, if they genuinely stood there and checked everybody's ID to match up to tickets, there'd be queues flying miles outside yeah. the stadium and no one would get in. So they're not going to do it. They threaten it. They might check the odd one just to try and catch the odd one out to send a message. But in, then they'd come next season, no one would be talking about it and it'd be back to no check-in. I have never had my ticket checked at any away game or home game in my life. I've never had my ID checked to a ticket. No, no. They have been sending out warnings apparently to people at home who are yeah. in home season tickets who they think they've asked a few people have seen it popping up on Twitter. People who 
but they said if you want your ticket for this game you can't use your card you've got to pop into the ticket office and show id before so you obviously mm. do you think oh. that some tickets are being moved on so i think Did- the thing is you can crack down it at home but asking a, a different club to enforce your ticket policy at an away ground on a match day who's paying for that and what's was, it's not in their interest to so that's why was, i don't think it'll actually happen was that brighton jack we saw that lad got dobbed brighton dobbed on a wolves fan to wolves they did yeah brighton did apparently i mean yeah. I, what, yeah. but I, I don't understand why why so the it? lad what happened was i, I read the little thread the bloke but i forget his name i'm sorry if I doubt he's listening but so he couldn't go obviously passed his tickets on or told someone to get his tickets. And he said to him, go and collect the tickets from the Brighton stadium where they went to collect it. And then they said that the, the people on the desk were like, well, can you show me your ID? The ID didn't match. They explained the situation. They were like, yeah, fine. But then they got, as soon as the tickets were given to them, they got on the phone to Wolves. They said, by the way, I don't know, John Smith has give two of his tickets away to wow. Sally and Morgan. Yeah, so if, if, you, if you pick up on the day, they always ID. That is a thing. Um, mm. So that's that's um, that's why you need to get them posted in, in advance, really. Uh, but but the club um, contacted him and like they, yeah, they, they bit... rang him, warned him, and he explained the situation. He said they let him off. Yeah. So maybe they are going to start cracking down on it, really. But um, mm. I, I, I don't know how I feel about it because I, I think the result of this... Ultimately, I know it'd be better for the fans who don't always get tickets is that there will be various people, and I'm not saying that I will be excluded from this, who will just buy the tickets to keep the points and not go to the games that can't go to. That's what I'm saying, yeah, whether that would be the case. And I think that will. And then you've got to go down the route of, can you check that everyone's ticket's been used? And that's just Mm. a whole different ballgame itself to even trying to check the tickets as they go in. So there's no perfect solution to this, we've said before. Um, But... I think the fact they brought in the ballot, though, has appeased a lot of uh, these people who said they'd never get away tickets because potentially then there's 150 fans at every away game who can at least go to a couple of seasons. So I was I was unsuccessful on every attempt this year. Obviously, it's a slim really? chance. I, it's I've a slim chance, people, but yeah. I've heard about people who've got quite a few. So no. I, what I think they need to do to tweak it is... Once you've been successful, you can't be successful from the next X amounts work out how yeah. many years. So it, so it rotates around. Because if you've got people who are getting three or four a season from the ballot and you, you haven't got any Harry, that's yeah. that's crap. Right. Yeah, always back comes back. They tell you either way, which is good. I always get the email back, get excited, then it says unsuccessful. Oh. You, come, you come second in the biggest loser competition, Harry. <laughs> right, let's have a look at some transfer rumours. It is that time of year where... Um, we're trying to hold on to assets. We know some of them are going to go. Um, some stories pop up that we think, where did that come from? Um, Liam Keane, Harry, expressing the star, I think has um, made a little bit of a bombshell on Twitter. I think he maybe since deleted some of them, um, but picked yeah. up on a couple of things. Um, one of them being uh, the links to George Mendes um, and Wolves looking to possibly come away from... Um, sort of his inner workings and, and transfers through him. There were then rumours on Twitter that he tried to push Wolves towards um, other transfers instead of Craig Dawson, then helping, was it Leon Marseille to secure the services of Jag Gomez? So mm. it all seems like a little bit up in the air at the moment. Yeah, so I'm just going to pull this comment up because I'll be honest, this is news to me. Like Matthew, one of the first comments you've had tonight. So is this true what you've just said then? So Liam Keane put an article up and he's had to take a lot of it down about Mendes and that. I haven't seen it. I thought the bit he took down, this is just from glancing through Twitter before this, was about Yao Gomez. So um, the the Yao Gomez bit specifically is what I saw, but 
enlighten us in, in yeah. the comments if that's if that's not correct and it's mental that he's come out and then had to change it though isn't it that's, yes. that's interesting well that's what uh, Matthew's put his but it's mental he's even deleted the Mendes part so yeah I, I mean Leon Keane I like Leon Keane I think he's been really yeah, good since yeah. he's took over the Express and Star yeah, so this is probably one of his first this is one of his first blunders I guess I don't actually know the full details but on Mendes if that if those stories are true well that's hot because there's also I read that they want to come away from him a bit don't they yeah. That's their aim to come away that's from it, yeah. a bit. But it's all a big game, isn't it? We don't know what's true. You hear things off various people. Um, he's been very good for us, Mendes. But there was that one about Lamina as well. He was he was saying to like Jeff mm. and that Lamina won't go to you. So there was a few few uh, questionable things in there. But we don't know the truth, do we? And, it, and obviously Liam Keane don't either by the sounds of it. Let's be honest. If we've got one criticism, which obviously Mendes and Fosen under this era, they've been brilliant for us on the whole. They've taken us to heights which we could only dream of we were playing in Europe a few years ago the one criticism I'd have about the transfer policy is well two criticisms the first is we get quite a bit wrong the second is we don't take advantage of the domestic market enough at all and Bentley and Dawson are two examples example. of how yeah. that we should be doing that more and if Mendes is restricting us in that then we do need to look at and pursue other options because if Craig Dawson was Portuguese and called Craigio Dorsonio He'd probably been here straight away, but for four yeah. times the amount of money. Look so, at Bennett and Ruddy. Yeah. Bennett and Ruddy in the championship as well was a good example. Yeah, yeah, and they're homegrown players as well, so that you know you mm. need them. As you, there's quotas to tick, and you know, and all that sort. But of thing. In that article as well, obviously the big talking point was FFP, wasn't it? The uh, financial fair play, yeah. Which was yeah. a shock to me. This is and the thing I, I didn't realise. I, I knew we have to consider it after we got that little slap on the wrists, uh, probably in our European season because breaching financial fair play. But when we're talking about, oh, I don't know if we can extend Samedo's contract by two years, that then mm. that sounds like we're skint. That's like that's yeah. worrying. That is, you know, that's worrying really. A player's wage is spread over a two-year period, which helps financial fair play in the way you structure it. Then we are in real doo-doo and sell to buy to, that's what it will be <laughs> well, yeah i mean that, yeah, then, yeah. then in that case nevis has to move on to give us at least some options and it makes you think about why have we spent 30 million on kuna i know we needed to we needed to invest because to, to get us out of relegation it's worked we've mm -hmm. taken a gamble it's worked we were paying costa a lot of money probably every week and now we have to probably take our foot off the gas and just and see where we stand financially but i didn't think it was anywhere near as bad as maybe we can't renew or, or trigger yeah. Samedo's two-year option when well, the player yeah, wants to brilliant. stay. He wants yeah. to stay. Well, exactly. And we yeah. want him to stay. Like, no, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one that one of the players actually does want to stay. Um, well, I suppose, Harry, if, you, if you're taking players like Moutinho, who will probably be one of the players paid players, uh, Jimenez, uh, Diego Costa, obviously, off the wage bill, you can look at the free transfer market. Now, Adrian's put in the comments, is anyone in interested in uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain or free? I think Liverpool have released four players today, and I'd take a look at a couple of them because one is, um, is it Keita, um, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Firmino, um, mm. and James Milner. So, I mean, I probably wouldn't... He's a little bit old, I think. But He's going to Brighton, know. isn't he, Milner? I think. Is he really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Was, yeah. was Lucas Moore on a free one we mentioned the other week? Is he free agent as well? Uh, yeah, I think he will be. So, I, I, I mean, imagine if we do, like Jack makes a point of saying, look, we should be looking in the domestic market, but also maybe looking at some free transfers just to bolster those positions yeah. that need it. And if they're, if they're bigger money signings because they're coming towards the end of their career, they'll be replacing the big money players that we have on the books that won't be there next season so yeah there's potential to be a little bit more clever than we maybe have been in previous years in picking up some free transfers 
yeah, it, it, it'd be so refreshing if they do if they do pick up free transfers like domestic ones, like like we've said, and not just go with Mendes clients and things like that. Just on it, I, I think you were going to bring it up anyway, Sam. But Neves again, it, this mm-hmm. this never ending drama and story of uh, Raúl with Ruben Neves. Is he going to get stay? Is he going to go? And obviously the latest, which he's been in all the articles, by the way. Again, I can't. Yeah. Remember, I think it was Football Insider said that if Barcelona, who don't seem that keen on him don't want Neves, he is willing to sign a new contract and stay. So we might not free up his wages and we might not get the money we need. And also this time last year, I said to you boys, and though I know someone who knows a really good friend of Neves and it's one of them like, do you do I believe it? Anyway, he said last year, he'll definitely stay. And he did. And they're saying it again. They are saying, they're confirming what that story said. If Barcelona don't get Neves, he don't want to go somewhere in England and he's willing to stay if Barcelona don't take him. So we could see Neves staying if rumours are to be believed, but I'm not sticking my neck on the line this time. because yeah. you, you just have. <laughs> yeah, be, I suppose. Are you going to do a Liam Keane and delete this podcast? Yes, yeah. I will. I'll, I'll, you'll, you'll, you'll just see a big missing piece of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> missing on YouTube. Yeah. Um, no, I think it'd be interesting to see what happens, definitely. But I mean, the, the other rumours, which I think for me would be more concerning is the Lopetegui and Matt Hobbs to mm. Spurs rumours. Um, Harry, what do you think of those? Do you think there's any legs yeah. in those? So, obviously, we mentioned the Garth Crooks, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, his team of the week and him talking about Lopetegui being a good fit for Spurs. But it surprised me that the rumour is that they like Hobbs as well. I mean, Hobbs has done a very good job since he's took over from Scott Sellers. Obviously, it's uh, gone really well for him. Lopetegui with the job he's done, he's always going to be linked. We always, our managers are always linked with that kind of job. Obviously, Nuno ended up going there after he left us. So, yeah. I personally, I don't know if I believe it. I can understand why they would be looking at someone like Lopetegui if you know the Spurs board. But I, even if they were interested, surely Lopetegui, if he's promised to be backed in the right way by the board, I think he'd want to stay. Surely, I, I don't think he'd. Yet. I don't think he'd have come towards if, if there hadn't been re- those reassurances. Exactly. But Jack, he, he must be looking at Spurs and going, they're not going to have Kane for starters. He's gone in the summer for me. They're not going to have Son. I think he's on his way as well. And also they can't seem to keep a manager for a full season or, or at least more than one. So uh, what would attract him about Spurs apart from the money? And I doubt he's on a pittance here. Yeah, just the money really. And it, it is a big risk for him. Um, but, you know, he's taken risks in the past that haven't, haven't paid off and still got a good no, reputation. True. True. I, I think that the only reason that he would leave here, like Harry said, is if if the promises that were made when we got him in in November, December last year weren't kept. And I was quite surprised to see there's even question marks about it because it sounds like they're going to sit down and have a conversation when the season's done. I just assumed he'd be staying because he's the main man now. You've got to give him what he wants. And yeah. if he says, I want this, this and this, you've got to find a way to, to deliver on it. But those words of financial fair play, which to be honest, I wasn't even thinking about until it was mentioned this week mm. have come round and if that is is restrictive then I, I don't know what to do really like these other clubs they find a way around it don't they and it's well, they write like, a you check know, you write look a at check. chelsea look at chelsea they, Jesus exactly Christ. chelsea could yeah. spend hundreds of millions on nub- rubbish and i know obviously yeah. they're bigger clubs they're, they're bigger worldwide brands um man city just sell their stadium to themselves 10 times and that's okay um by yeah. the looks of it yeah well that's right. um yeah but you know if, if you're us then you know you have to you have to be more careful and i know we're not as big a brand we don't make as much globally as, as these big six teams do but there's got to be a way around it and if it takes a big injection of cash from Foson and they just write they just write off any existing debt we've got again that's what we've got to do i'm sorry that's what we've got to do and it, it they, I, I know they spent a lot and they've put us in a good position but 
I think we're at the level that we are sustainable, but it, even to stay in the Premier League at a sustainable level, you need to keep putting money in these days. Thank you. Yeah, even to stay still, you need to spend. Because yeah. if you don't, you, you, you're done. Uh, I think Southampton sort of learned that the hard way. They came away completely from their model, didn't they? And now they've been relegated. Mm. Um, another one that's on the radar of Liverpool, apparently, Harry, is the 14-year-old Harvey Owen, um, academy defender for Wolves. Uh, £800,000, apparently. Been at Wolves since he was seven. He's been part of England at youth levels as well. Um, but... I don't know what the draw is and what the rules are at this stage. I guess they offer him like a scholarship and apprenticeship and they get him that way. But that seems like a lot of money for a 14-year-old. I mean, he could be the next big thing. He could be Zeli Ishmael. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, I've never heard of this lad, I'll be honest. I've never seen him play or anything, as I'm not guessing many Wolves fans have. But like you say, when the big pressure's on with transfers like this at that age, it can flop on its ass. So it'd be interesting if he does go. He must be a serious talent for him to want to... I think he's always he's about played in like a couple of their age groups above his level. But I mean, it's That's not... a good un- sign, isn't it? It's, it's a good sign. It's not unheard mm. of, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it would be a shame to lose... Uh, what position does he play? Defender. Do we know? Ah, oh, if he's a striker, I'd have just put him in Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, let's talk about next uh, VAR. So uh, this week, uh, PGMOL released some some footage and some audio, a couple of games, just to sort of give fans a little bit more of a background of, of what's going on in the background. Uh, we've got one here, which is from um, a game. Is it a Chelsea... West Ham or West Ham Newcastle, I think it is. Yeah. Um, so I think by the the powers uh, that be, Harry's going to add that in, and then yeah, we'll, we'll have, a, have a listen to this. I mean, you can probably just about see it on YouTube. So that's okay, frame two. That. Okay, this is really close. So Jake, I need. Jake, uh, I'm going to need way. lines on this, please. Sure. Stop yeah. Way. Yeah. Crosses. Uh, so which defender do you want? Defenders twenty-four by the looks of it. Twenty-four. Uh, I will need to check on the far side. Yeah, let's have a look at the far side. Go to the far yeah. side. Okay. Yeah. Just checking my other angles. Yeah, okay. Craig, this is tight, so just going to have to uh, use crosshairs to get to okay. a decision here. Okay. Okay. Do you want to tell me left or right? Deck. Yeah, just slightly left. Deck. Left. Yeah. One there. That's really a bit more, please. Over his heel. Checking it. Deck. There you go. Okay. Deck. Yeah. Really tight. That's okay, let's, can I just check with the line with the 24? 24, yeah. Which body Yeah, part? that's okay. So, no, I don't need anything else now. That's fine. He's sure. clearly the last defender on the far side. Now on the attacker, please. On the attacker, yeah. The attacker is clearly shoulder that's the lead, uh, the furthest part. Yeah, sure, okay. And one more frame to the left. One to the left there. Yep, yeah. okay. You lock that in. Lock that in, yeah. 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 Okay, happy to confirm those lines. Happy to confirm. Okay. Craig, the decision is the, uh, the lines have come out as onside, so I'm going to recommend that you award the goal. And the recommendation is you award the goal. Okay, thank you. So there you have it. Um, I mean, it sounds chaotic. It's always going to be chaotic just because it's a pressure situation. Um, but Harry, do you think that would help hearing that? Or do you think that it, it's something like- that you would need to see after the game and it would make more sense when we're sort of breaking down what we see? 
Yeah, I, I like the word in. I recommend you award the goal. It's like they're trying not to have responsibility. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it, it, it's point. it's chaos and it listening to that. Imagine being the referee having that going off in your ear. I wonder why they stand there like that with their hand on their ear, like shooing everyone away. But I've listened to a few of them. That weren't the only one, was it? And there's that woman who's going delay, delay, delay. The linesman um, when it's offside. But it is nice to listen to it. It's carnage. I know, like when Sky Sports, like Gary Neville and that, they hear it, don't they, while they're on air? So when like Gary Neville goes, oh, I think they're going to give this offside. You know, he knows they are because you can hear him talking about it in his ear. Um, but yeah, if you if you as a spectator, would you want to hear that straight away? I suppose it would, you know, make it less annoying if you could hear why. But yeah, uh, and they're never going to play it in stadiums, are they? Let's be honest. But um, it, it's nice they've released it. I think it's a step forward that they've actually chose to release some of the footage and hopefully they it can uh, make them put their ideas up a bit and maybe show it on telly as games are going, which would, as I say, be good. And Jack, it's almost a first sign of accountability, isn't it? And, and I, I don't know if we're in a situation or whether you're of the opinion that you don't really want to see referees after the game. And then you imagine having Mike Dean back when he was refereeing, you know, in front of the cameras. He wants to make it the Mike Dean show at the best of times. So, I mean, do we want to keep them away from the cameras but sort of have evidence of how they came to their decision? I'd like to hear the referee speak on the pitch. I think that'd be helpful. Obviously, there'd be a lot of background swearing, which is why it probably can't feasibly be done in this country. But from listening to that... You uh, could then, Jack, sorry to put in, you, that, the referee was saying, then the one that's going, deck, deck. Yeah, yeah. but that like, was the referee you, I, I, mean, I mean, just hearing that, I think would be okay. If oh, right, when okay, he's yeah. talking to a player, you know, when they zone mm. in sometimes on like yeah. what he's telling them off. Like in rugby, really, when they're explaining yeah. the decision. Mm, and you can just mm. cut and just hear that rather than the background nonsense as well. Yeah. yeah. But the, the thing that... I mean, that was just a shit show, to be honest. Just even yeah. listening to it was painful. And the thing that really baffled me is I naively was under the impression that all of this, when they've said that this stuff's definitely correct, it's 100% fine, you know, we've got everything right, the frames. I thought that was decided by a computer, not basically a Wally, someone's dad going, oh, a bit to the left, <laughs> off his elbow, a bit left, like he's putting up a painting. Um, <laughs> or, or it's his first time using Internet Explorer. It's like, it, it's basically, I, I don't understand it. That's all it is. It's like, oh, I think it might be there. Go to his left. Oh, little frame that way, little frame this yeah. way. Oh, definitely offside, 100% offside. And bollocks, it, goes, bollocks, it goes back bollocks. to human error as well, because there has been a few occasions this year, the one at Arsenal, where they just forgot to check one of the offsides. So it's human yeah. error again, isn't it? Where yeah. they were like, it, oh, sorry, it, we forgot to do that one. It would have been offside if we'd have checked. <laughs> if you're going to bring in technology, I want the technology run, running it not just morons with a mouse yeah. like two I like that, yeah. Yeah, just get, get chat gpt on the case i'm sure <laughs> it'll replace us all soon um there's a story that came out uh, this evening uh ivan tony has been uh, banned for his part in a, a betting scandal um eight months is what he's got. Uh, 232 breaches of the FA's betting rules. He's been charged £50,000. He won't be allowed to play again until the 17th of January 2024. So uh, in terms of the number of games, it's actually um, a fair few. The time of the year that it's come out has um, meant that you know he's going to be taking in a couple of months of the summer, Harry. Um, I think your reaction to when you first saw the news was, that's harsh. Yeah, it is, but I just heard the total of the amount of bets that I can see. Well, because I remember Jerry Barton got done in knee when he was playing. And I don't think he was, was that harsh, but it must have been a lot of money that he'd been putting on. He must have been betting on games he was involved with for it to be that that harsh. I mean, there's there's so many historic events of players betting on themselves, throwing games. I remember um, Keith Gillespie in his biography said he used to boot the ball out for a throw in early and bet on it and things like that. 
So it, they've got to crack down. You can see why players can't bet on themselves because at the end of the day, it is like changing the event of games. And then when there's so much money at stake, like as in staying in the Premier League, and imagine if Tony was like betting that, I don't know, they Brentford draw 2-2 two, two against Leeds, for example, and he just goes through one-on-one one and hits it wide on purpose. You don't know, do you? So mad, I think the mad. punishment is justified, to be honest. It's mad though, isn't it? Because uh, Cantona and everyone talks about the fly kick. That was nine months. Wow. So a month longer. Um, Jack, do you think it's part of a wider conversation though? Because, you know, we talk about gambling and, you know, we've got a shit on in the last couple of years where we've had betting sponsors. Betting sponsors are on most Premier League shirts um, in terms of the amount of, of teams that actually do have them. We're surrounded by billboards that are talking about gambling. It's probably a wider conversation to say that does it need banning or does it need some sort of <laughs> some sort of regulation? Well, well, they are changing the shirt thing, aren't they, in a couple of seasons, but I think yeah. it might be a stretch to say that it's not Ivan Tony's fault because he's got a betting logo on his shirt, so we need to give him a break. I think um, I think he's a Wally, to be honest, and it's his yeah. own fault and the, the punishment is completely justified because, firstly, he's doing it because he thinks he can get away with it. And secondly, why does he need the money? Like it's it's not about I'd understand it more if he was skint and he was trying to bet on stuff and fix it, but you know no sympathy for me. I think the ban eight months is you know if it was two years I wouldn't complain. I, I mean I don't think he needs the money. It's just fun. It's just really is it? Yeah, it's really adrenaline rush. Yeah, then go to a casino. Don't like there's so much stuff yeah. you can bet on. You don't need to do it on professional football when you know the rules. Everyone exactly. knows no, the rules. Everyone can, signs up he to can it. Then impact it kind of like Harry said. If you go through one on one, yeah. Well, it, well, Although then, we don't know then, what he's bet, we don't know what he's bet on. But. No, but if 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 he has been directly betting on games that he's involved in, that's inexcusable for me, and the ban should be longer, in my opinion. Now. Uh, Harry, you mentioned Joe Barton then. He got a 13-month oh, ban. did he? Right? Um, but he was found guilty of placing 1,260 <laughs> bets on football matches between 2006 and 2016, including some that he played in. Um, then oh, what we got? Um, the FA handed former Lincoln right-back Bradley Wood a six-year ban in April wow. 2018. Um, he'd been deliberately booked during uh, FA Cup victories over Ipswich Town and Burnley during the 2016-17 season. So uh, um, now the the two that um, are the top bands ever, uh, Enoch West got 30 years as in 2015, uh, West, three fellow Manchester United players and four Liverpool players were banned for life for match fixing. No uh, way. The, this is a weird time because the other seven players had their bans lifted when they enlisted into the army for the First World War. Um, <laughs> but, but West didn't, so he had to stay, he had to stay banned because he didn't go. Uh, he yeah. didn't go and fight. Remember um, all the controversy in Italy as well when all like their league. Well, was Juventus got stripped yeah. of their scudettos, didn't they? Um, mm. They got relegated. Uh, so you know, there are definitely harsher punishments in there. So, so like Jack yeah. says, you know, a two-year ban probably wouldn't wouldn't be unheard of. I know it's a different sport, but I watched a documentary not long ago about the NBA, and they used they used to like always approach like young college athletes who were like amazing, and mm-hmm. say if they were always going to win, like. By twenty baskets, obviously I don't know what they're called. Um, they would like say to them, "Look, make sure you only win by four and they'd give them like twenty grand to do it. And there's a massive case, so I don't know if that could happen in football. It's a bit harder to like make sure it's free too. You just can't do it, can you? Or yeah, but, yeah it's interesting because it gets corrupt, doesn't it? 
that's the problem with the thing with American sports is their college system. It's so, so popular. It's not like watching mm. university football here or anything. It's a massive industry and mm-hmm. 20 grand to those players who probably aren't getting paid like they would if they were in the NBA in a few mm. years' time. It's probably worth the risk. That's that's the difference, yeah. That's the, yeah. Even, even uh, like NFL, like some of the players who would be on the roster of maybe like 100 players would would barely be on anything competitive, even if they have a normal job. So you yeah. can see where where the temptation comes from. And um, let's move on to quiz time. I'm quiz master this yeah. week. Uh, Harry's taking a break. So um, as it is, you know, roughly twenty years since Wolves got promoted under Dave Jones to the Premier League. Oh my God, how is it twenty years ago Mad. to begin with? Um, so we're going to do a quiz about that. Um, we'll see how you get on. Uh, Harry, I've got you to go first and Jack to go second. Uh, some of these are tough, some of them not so tough. Um, let's see how you get on. Uh, see if you can answer correctly before the comments help you out. Uh, so, Harry, who, who was Wolves' top scorer in that season, 2002-2003? It's got to be Kenny Miller. It is Kenny Miller. Uh, yeah. Do you know how many league goals he got? 21. He got 19, 24 competitions. There you go. Uh, Jack, where did Wolves actually finish in the league that season? Oh, fifth. Fifth is correct. Oh, yeah, straight That's an easy one. Uh, Harry, who's automatically promoted? Wow, that's a good one. I'm going to say... Hmm. What have I got? Uh... Oh, that's really hard. I'm going to guess, I'm probably wrong, Man City and Reading? Incorrect. Man City was the year before, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it? Uh, and we, you know we, beat, we beat Reading in the playoff semi-final. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Alex um, Ray, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't Al Leicester? You, you you be, be careful how much you give away to each other because there may be uh, questions. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. Um, but oh, do you want to have a guess? <laughs> do you have a guess? Yeah, Leicester. <laughs> uh, Portsmouth and Leicester is what we were looking for. <laughs> wow. Uh, Jack, who made it into the playoffs along with Wolves? Reading. Yes. Sheffield United. Yes. <laughs> Whoever Reading beat in their playoff. Oh. <laughs> uh, Forest. It is Forest. Well good. done. Wow, fair play. Point to Jack. Uh, Harry, Wolves lost to Saints in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, but who did we beat on the way? Three teams in there. Uh, we beat, um, it must have been the year we beat Newcastle, wasn't it? Was yes. It the Alan Shearer. Uh, bloody hell. I can't remember the other ones. We beat three teams the on the way. Newcastle. I can remember the one after Newcastle. Definitely uh, I remember being watching it. Bloody hell. So Newcastle. Jesus. Nah, <laughs> firing blanks here. No idea who the other two are. Uh, Jack, are you going? I think we played Rochdale after Newcastle. That is correct. Do you want to have a guess? on BBC. Um, and then we played someone before Southampton, did we? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that. It might have been actually that one after Newcastle. It's Leicester. Leicester. Wow, I don't remember that at all. Like zero memory. Yeah. Uh, Jack, which player made the most appearances for Wolves that season? Uh, Paul Ince. No. Harry, you have a guess? Uh, Lescott. It is Lescott. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 52 appearances that season. Uh, Dennis Irwin just behind him, 51. Should have gone um, the goalkeeper then, really, shouldn't I? That would have been a smarter guess than Paul Ince, who was old. Oh, no, yeah. Matt Murray was Matt like Murray, Matt legs, Murray he? he had about 44 yeah. games, I think, in all. So he did not too badly. Um, let's go to Harry now. 2-1 to Jack. Uh, Wolves' playoff goals came from whom? 
And we're just going to go around uh, until you do. I remember, I can get them straight away. Kennedy made me cry when he scored that first one. Correct. Um, okay, wait, 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 wait. Uh, now oh, Jack's no, going. Now Jack's going. Nathan Blake. Nathan Blake is correct. Harry. And Kenny Miller. Kenny Miller is correct. Never forget that one. Uh, keep going. Keep going. That's it. Oh, going. Straight, you mean no, the playoffs? Play play oh, uh, Alex uh, Ray. No, that's my go, isn't it? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> and I was going to say oh. Alex Ray. <laughs> uh, go oh, on there, oh, no, oh, no, shit. No, no, that one as well. I remember. Yeah. Uh, Lee Naylor. Oh, that one, yeah. Lee Naylor. <laughs> and then Jack, go on and finish us off. That's a hard know. one. I don't that remember this is one. A, that is a hard one because it's not a Wolves player. Oh, is it an own oh. goal? I forgot. Oh, no, it was an own no goal, idea. yes. Yeah. Red, I think of a red in defender. From 2003. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jesus <laughs> Christ. No idea. Nah, man. Graham Murty. Uh, oh, yeah. Like we're going to get that. If anyone knew uh, that, then bloody hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would take some special knowledge. 4-4. Uh, four, four. Uh, lovely. Right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. We'll share the spoils. Uh, we'll say goodbye to Harry Mansell. Just before I go. Oh, can I quickly? I know, I'm, I know I'm what's being, coming you, here. You, I don't think you two are very happy with me because so I'm jumping ship tomorrow. Oh, I'm, going on a different, <laughs> I'm going on a different Wolves podcast. So, I'm just going on any other Wolves podcast. Wolves fan cast. So, they, oh. we played in a charity game, didn't we, a couple of years ago, us three and Bayliss. Um, and they're doing it again. We weren't invited this time because <laughs> do- no, no, I don't think they're being nasty, but they, they're doing it where they're playing against a various amount of other clubs fan channels like Brighton, Liverpool. They invited Dazzling Dave, which I assume is because he's got the most subscribers, if I had to guess. Because obviously Talking Wolves are big as well, and they didn't invite them. But I won a raffle. They they put a post <laughs> on Twitter. They said, look, 77 Club, do you want to get your redemption? I thought, go on then. They give me two teams. I said, right, put me down for Bolton as well. Because as you lads know, every time I speak to someone, <laughs> if I say, if they if I wonder where they're from and they don't answer me, I would say, oh, you're from Bolton. And they're like, what? Yeah, so I chose yeah, Bolton. Yeah. And then Bolton got pulled out. So, yeah, just me this time. I'll try and fly the flag for us, lads. It's mad, though, Harry, because of that raffle, you were actually after the Yankee candle set, weren't you? But it had already gone, so you had to go for the, uh, for the fan cast but, uh, invitation. Yeah, I've got, I've got Harry77 on the back of my shirt. Um, so, yeah, I'm going on their podcast tomorrow because they're talking about the charity game. So, obviously, it's for Mind, by the way. It's for a great cause, Mind Charity. Um, I'll probably put a link, actually. I know, well, you, you lost yours long ago. <laughs> that's why I'm playing trying to get my mind back but yeah I've got gout these days I'm unfit so uh, I won't be much use but it'll be a good little day and there we go yeah so tomorrow I'll be on Fancast uh, and what, what date is it Harry what date Friday the 2nd of June at 3 o'clock well there you go if you can get down there to uh, cheer on Harry and the Fancast lads then uh, then please do um, Jack will be uh, sat on the sofa I imagine because uh, he probably should have gout if you haven't but, uh, I'll, I'll be at work. It's a Friday. What sort of days are Friday? If it's a Saturday, I might come. But mm. come on, come on. You got any leave? Uh, we'll say goodbye to Jack Williams. Bye. That is a goodbye from me. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.